Hello, everybody, and welcome to No BS with Brian and Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi. (laughs) It is February 8th. It is a little warmer outside. It's been a little while since we've been here on No BS, but so much has happened. We're so excited here. It's a rainy day in Dallas, Texas, where we always broadcast from and we love that you're still here with us. But from now on in 2023, we are going to do our best to come back three or four times a month for you because we, you know, you know, and we know that you want to hear all about The Bachelor, Bachelorette, our Blind Watches movie, entertainment news, and we got all of that because, Susan, the new Bachelor season is off and running. There's been three episodes, and oh my gourd. Please enlighten everybody. Tell me what it is. Yes, I have been pleasantly surprised with this new season. Um, I think Zach Shawcross got a lot of backlash when he got picked. Uh, still, it wouldn't have been my first choice. But he's clearly, they are trying to make him be the the, the Sean Lowe of the season. And um, for well, those okay, who okay, who, yeah, who's Sean Lowe? Okay, so <laughs> Sean Lowe, which I was going to say, because Brian didn't even watch Bachelor then. Sean Lowe was in the first episode, and he was in this third one, too. He's been, like, his mentor, the one they keep showing, the guy who, like, in the first blog. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. That's Sean Lowe. He's the most successful Bachelor, not just that he was, like, the most popular like ratings wise and people loved him he's at he's in dallas texas by the way with his wife the, like his only he's the only bachelor to have ever married his pick no other bachelor the only the closest might be matt james is still with rachel but they're not engaged so if matt james ends up marrying rachel he can go in there but sean Lowe, out of all the bachelors is the only bachelor who his his initial pick, we have two bachelors that did a swap, Jason Mesnick and Ari Leindyke. They they went with their second choice uh, after, later, which was really cringy, but... Well, okay, real, real quick on this. This uh-huh. show's had like, what, 20, 40 seasons, like with Bachelor and Bachelorette, a lot, right? A lot, yeah. I think this and is- only one has only- picked? It doesn't work, folks. No, it is, of course not. No, it's very rare that it works. But when it did, it was with Sean Lowe. That, like I said, you got Jason Mesnick and Ari Leindyke. They are still married to their second choice. But that wasn't who they picked initially on the final rows. And so, um, but Sean, it, he is just like kind of this, they always use him as the bachelor role model because he went into that season knowing what he was looking for in a woman he didn't like mess around really. He was just like a good dude. He had great conversation. He was also the first bachelor to kind of introduce diversity with his women. He actually, they like purposely called him out in that like, oh, I see so many different types of women because he didn't care what ethnicity. His wife that he picked was Filipino. So, um, and he's still with her and they have three kids. Uh, and so that's why I, I say this, I fully believe the reason they picked Clayton last season is because they thought they saw a little bit of Sean Lowe in Clayton. However, that was a major bust. I have no diss to Clayton. I just think poor guy got put into something he wasn't ready for. He doesn't know what he wants in a woman yet. However, from what I'm seeing, it's possible Zach might know what he's looking for. I don't know. Do you agree? Uh, Zach seems to be on the nose with it. And it seems that with Zach, you know, there's always kind of like an angle because usually nowadays from what it seems is that somebody who loses the bachelor or bachelorette is put up as the bachelor or bachelorette the next season. And there's always mm-hmm. something like an angle they're working. And in this angle with Zach, it's, I want to be up front because Rachel yes. was not up front with me. So that's the line that's given in every episode. I want to be up front with you. I don't want to lead anybody on like Rachel did yeah. with me. I'm being mm-hmm. up front. So it seems that he's going to fall in love with quite a few people, but at least in this season, he's like, 
he's getting rid of people that he's like, yeah, I'm not feeling a connection right now. I got to see where my heart is. And he's doing it really well, doing it, you know, the nicest way he can. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, Zach, I, I like, I like Zach. I like Zach last season. I like Zach this season so far. Um, Yeah. No, I agree. I do like Zach as bachelor. I think he's a good person so far from what they're showing. He's not my type. Like I, there's, I wouldn't say he's my type, um, but he is, I do, I do like him. Um, I think that I really respect and see Clayton night one that or even before night one, the minute Sally, if you remember the whole thing, I think that was what foreshadowed Clayton was Sally came in and said she was supposed to get married that weekend, which already was red flag and crying and all this stuff. And this dude tries to give her a rose and keep her instead of being like, oh, you should leave. That foreshadowed that this guy is going to be making mistakes all season. Night one with Zach, he doesn't mess around. You got Madison, who was a little nutty. And this chick was trying to kiss him and like forces a kiss and it's, oh it's yeah really, i forgot about her that was so awkward susan it was so awkward it was so cringy and the way but i loved how he handled it i loved whenever she came up to him you know he's not trying He he's nice but he's not just trying to give a rose to be like okay let me give you another shot it's like you know you're not going to pick this girl so i love that he just went ahead and sent her home and um I wonder that if he just, sent her home if it he just didn't feel it or was it the fact that she lived in Fargo, North Dakota? Because ain't nobody going to Fargo, North Dakota. Well, I think she blew it when she forced kissed that. Like she literally grabbed his face and like forced him to kiss her. And I'm like, don't do that. Don't do that. Let him take the lead there. But she was also, I don't know, something was a little off with her. She might have just been really drunk too, though. But I think he knew. He seems to like have strong connections right off the bat and he's just pursuing those. Um, but I, yeah, like you're right. Like he's definitely eliminating women that like I, I'll, I'm jumping ahead here, but I just like I think a prime example, too, that shocked me in episode three was him sending Bailey home. That was a big shocker to everybody. Um, I well, was proud of right. I mean, Bailey seemed cool, but it just didn't. You know, I guess he wasn't feeling it, you know, and I guess instead of keeping her around, he was like, let's let's move forward. Why I respect that, too, is because so, you know, he clearly she was forgettable in episode two. I totally forgot about her. I don't feel like she made much of an impression. So clearly and, you know, they don't show everything, but clearly their relationship wasn't progressing. And it also says something to me that Zach is valuing the relationship's that are progressing there enough to where he's not just like, he's like, okay, I have, he must really like the women that he is connecting with. Cause he's not over here. Like trying, he didn't add Tajwan when she tried to get in there. He's like, I've got solid connections. I'm not trying to waste a- anyone's time. Like, so, and and it, he, and he's hitting up with a lot of women. I don't feel like it's just two. I, I could name like, I feel like 10 that I think could be strong contenders for him, but Maybe not 10, maybe more like six. But I mean, still, like they I, I do respect that. Um, which I know there's there's something else I'll uh, we'll get to, but first I want to ask episode two, there was a little bit of drama with Brianna and Christina. Um Brianna claims that Christina, you know, made her feel unsafe. Now, not talking about episode three, but episode two, What when it was the Christina and Brianna thing, how did you feel about that? Um, I mean, I think Christina is just plain nuts. Like, oh, she's, well, yeah. she's scary. And Brianna, I think she's a little, she's, She's very quiet, and I don't know where she's coming from, really, with Brianna. I I think Brianna was her own worst enemy, and I don't know if it was just because she got America's Rose, but she was so in her head, and Mm -hmm. she could never just have fun with Zach and share about herself and stuff. Like She was too serious. Yeah, she was too serious. Every time she got with him is, one, she's just feeling like not validated, and then... 
Christina and then like more serious. It was, it was always a serious talk. And he even told her, it's like, I just want to have fun, like get to know you and stuff. And, you know, you have these walls up yeah. and it was just like, and then she got upset with that later. And I'm just, and I'm looking at it and, you know, from what they show on TV, he seems, you know, like very straight edge, straight and narrow, but he looks like he can have fun too. But with, mm-hmm. with Brianna, getting America's Rose and all this stuff. Yeah, you're right. She got in her head yeah. and then she like played it serious. Like she was almost like she was very aware of the camera and didn't want to do anything to show her real side unless that was her real side, which is just very dry. Yeah. And that's not what he's looking for. Um, right. And that's what it was. I hope yeah. they don't do America's Rose again because that was weird. I didn't like America's Rose. I, I'm like, don't do that. If you do anything like that, you got to vote. I I stand by we should let America vote on the lead, maybe. Mostly Bachelor. I think the producers do a pretty good job of picking Bachelorettes sometimes, but at least the Bachelors and see where it goes with that. But we don't need America's Rose. Like, let the lead pick who they want to pick. Um, but, I, yeah, Brianna, she just got it in her own head. Um, obviously, we know she sent herself home. I'm not surprised because that was... She was going to go regardless, but she ends with telling him how Christina is making the house feel. And we also got to witness Christina, which I think the truest of her colors was shown in that group date after Charity got the group date rose. Yeah. No shame. No shame. She's just being a straight up like bitch in that moment and just being like, I'm confused. She is batshit crazy watching her do that to the women and say these things. And then her reaction when Zach was talking with her, help me, help me, help me, help me. Oh my God, help me. And then fake crying, not being real. And then saying, this is who I am. And I'm like, you got to change who you are. You are not good. Well, (laughs) she... And I think like when one of the girls, I think her name is Brooklyn, brought up to even on the group date, trying to tell her like, you brought up your one-on-one so many times. If I hear one-on-one one more time, she's like, one-on-one, one-on-one. Like she is very like, it's funny because she's a mom too. And there's such an immaturity to her. Like she acts like she's a college party girl still. Like, well, how old is her kid? Did she say she was like five or six? six and, and she's 26 yeah so, so she, she had, had him really young uh yeah. I, she's not mature you didn't and yeah she's not mature i can't imagine her being a good mom um if she's like that i don't want to say that i don't want to uh, like diss her as a mom i just think that she's i mean i can say from what she's lacking maturity from what we can see but i you know i'm sure she's as good of like we don't i don't know what she's like with her her child she clearly loves her child but i i just <laughs> i i feel like if you look at you know somebody else with a mother or somebody else that's, that's a dad like what's his name from the, the the guy who lost his wife who has a kid oh michael michael there's a way to act and with her acting that way i don't i, I don't get it well, like it it was like wow, she's a mom and she's acting like this on TV. Her daughter's going to see this at some point one day. Yeah, And it's just like, well, what is happening? I mean, her night one, I mean, based off her night one, I was shocked she got the first one-on-one and got to meet his family because her night one, she had the party bus and she was so drunk. Like she yep. was literally slurring her words and just like, like uh, biting her lip and wanting to make out with him. But I was like, this girl does not, I, I did not think she was ready for marriage. I was like, she's got some growing she needs to do. Cause she is just, yeah. Right. I, I but no, I, I did not care for her because I didn't think she, she's going to be great paradise material. She That's what I was going to say. She seems like a bachelor in paradise type of person. And oh, gold for that. She's gold. very beautiful too. I do think she's really pretty. She didn't even need makeup. She is pretty, but man, that what she did to Zach in that moment. And I wonder if Zach was like, cause I'm always curious on like the bachelor and bachelorettes when shit's like brought to them like this. And if they're like producers, show me the fucking footage right now. I need to see this. Like I need I, to I wish they would. Yeah. I think, well, I think 
Zach's face when she was saying, help me, help me, help me. I feel like he felt it right there that something's a little off. Yeah. Like, cause just not because it was when she was confronted, her reaction was not the most mature reaction. She could have handled that a lot better, but instead she took it to an extreme victim level, like an extreme, like yeah. help me, help me, help me is like, why am I helping you? Women are saying you're attacking them. Like you're, you're, you're making them feel uncomfortable. What do you mean? Help right. me, help me, help me. So, I mean, I think he has a lot of trust in what charity says and I guess Brooklyn. So he went to them. Uh, and I'm glad charity. that happened. I'm glad he went yeah. to them and they got, he got the full story. Uh, right. Because I was, I was, I've been, I get so nervous in those situations where they're going to keep people and stuff like that. And I'm just, and it was so perfect because if I was in his situation, I would have called her out in front of everybody and like, there's the door, you know, bye. Oh. Absolutely would have done that. But he, make her feel that much worse. She already feels like shit. She don't <laughs> feel bad. She knows what uh. she's doing. And then what was great is that she was the only one without a rose last night and that was so well, great it's, it's because two people like bailey got sent home early and then brianna sent herself home so she was the only one but this is what i want like that was what i was going to say this is where zach shined because almost any other bachelor would have kept christina one more week because producers would have said please keep her for the drama if we keep her one more week, we'll have a good episode of drama. So I fully believe that was Zach's decision because there's no way producers didn't try to say, like, just give her the last rose. It's because there's still a lot of women. You know, we're right. not talking that we're in the top eight. There's still 14 women there. So they would normally keep think about Shanae last season. Shanae and I Queen mean, Victoria. Like he kept right. her. for Yeah. Think about how long I promise you those women and because Clayton would do for sure. Like Matt was new to the franchise. Clayton didn't know what he was doing. They're going to listen to the producers. The producers are going to tell him, keep this drama. I, I fool, especially Shanae. Shanae was a prime example because that I don't know how she stayed as long as she did because women went to Clayton and said, and he still. Kept yeah. Her. Yeah. So I'm just saying like, like clearly Zach was like, I'm not here to mess around. I don't want her here anymore. Like, no, like, you, and you, you know, producers only make suggestions. You don't have to do what the producer tells you to do. So clearly he stood up and he was like, no, not keeping her. So I was just like, I was shocked. I really thought Christina was staying another week. So when he sent her home, I literally was like, okay, Zach, you just gained more of my respect. Cause that was a great move. No, that he, I'm glad. And I, and I was, and I was putting myself in his situation at that moment. I was like, I would have, I would have shown her the door, not walked her out at the pool party. And instead of like, you know, thinking about it, cause they always say like, he has some time to think, <laughs> but it, I guess it made it for, you know, like, is he going to keep her? Is he not for like the rose ceremony? And she's the only one, but yeah, yeah she's well insane. I'm glad she's gone. She's definitely, she needs some growing is what I would say. But uh, I'm glad it just, it showed that he meant business. Like I'm not here to um, mess around. Like he's like, oh, why would I want the drama when I have all these other women that aren't doing that to me? And, um, and he was right. Like, I liked how he's like, it sucks that I'm dealing this when I'm trying to find my best friend. But anyways, we got down to 14 women. So my question to you is Zach so far a good bachelor and who are your early faves? So I think Zach is a good bachelor. Um, mm -hmm. He's nice. He's upfront. He's not leading anybody on. As I say, in every fucking season, there's too much kissing. I don't like it. <laughs> yes. I, I was going to say the one thing I didn't like that Zach did so far night one, too much kissing night one. I can't believe how much he kissed on that night. Kissed everyone. And it's just like, like everybody. Ugh. Sean Lowe did not do that. Sean Lowe. Like, I don't even know if Sean kissed night one, to be honest. Yeah. It, but now it's like different. Everybody wants to be kissing. So it's like they I think they think it's like a it gives them the rose. Like they're like, OK, he kissed me. He's got to give me the rose. Right. Right. Yeah. You put yourself in that situation right then and there. What are you going to do if a girl leans in? And I mean, but Zach didn't kiss somebody, you know, like it was just 
weird. But I do think Zach's a good bachelor so far. I did enjoy his date at the museum and like mm-hmm. them saying that I thought that was like real sweet and cool and kind of different. I still hate like the songs and the bands. Oh, yeah. uh, it's cringe. <laughs> Please get rid of that. But Zach's great. And my two favorite right now. Oh, you just have two. Okay. I have two favorites right now that are, you know, memorable. Maybe you'll jog my memory. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, you know what? I have three. Okay. I have three. Um, right now that stick out to me. Uh, I'll give them to you in order too. Oh, so order. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to say for some reason, I don't know what it is and I shouldn't, but there's just something about Gabby that I like. Dude, I'm right there with you with her. There's something about oh. Gabby that I like. I don't know what it is. I like Gabby. Okay. Um, number two, I like Katie. Mm-hmm. And then my number one is Allie. Oh, your number one is Allie. Number okay, one is Allie wow. with the uh, with the skydive one this recent episode. There's something about her that I just like. Okay, not bad, not bad. So like he's like I said, he's got a lot of women. So I agree. So far, so far, Zach is doing well. I mean, it's only been three episodes, but that's it, he's been very telling. Um, but yeah, I do think he's been being a good bachelor and it is refreshing to see because we've had a lot of terrible bachelors these last couple of seasons. Um, my favorites are, I would agree. I don't have an order, but Gabby, something about episode two, really, I don't know what it is. She's very like authentic to me. I think that's, she's so down to earth. Like I know she's good. There are things she says that makes me a little cringe, but I always look for the girls that feel real. And she feels real. She yeah. feels like she's not authentic. She says, sure. She, yeah. Like she's authentic. Sure. She says like, yeah, I might feel awkward, but I really loved her interaction with Zach in episode two. And I just, I do really like Gabby. Um, I really liked Katie who was his uh, overnight. Yeah. I, I liked her too. I think he likes her a lot. I think like, so too. That the stuff he was telling her, like how much he was so grateful and, giving that date an overnight i'd say that's more telling than giving christina the family meeting thing yeah that i mean that could have been something but it's just like he wanted to spend the whole night with her um and he said it was like a no-brainer he would pick her for that so um and there's something about she i also like that she's 27 and she seems very mature and she seems like she knows what she wants uh the, and then I do like Allie, but I would actually say I like I like Charity a lot. I, so I like Charity, but I like Allie more. I think Allie has more personality, even though she was saying that she's she she kind of hinted like nobody really knows me, and like I put up a wall, and like and I was like, oh, this might bite that, back. That was the thing. Yeah, that's the thing that made me a little like I was loving Allie. And then the way I didn't really like the way she responded to Zach on some of those things. Like, because I was like, what do you mean you don't you're not put together and all this stuff? I'm sure she was being a little self-deprecating and stuff, but I do like her. I do, but um I wanna I want like a one-on-one with charity because charity, I love her job. I said I think that speaks volumes, like um the child and family therapist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think her job says a lot about like who she is. And she just seems really sweet. Um, but I like her. Oh, and there's a girl too. We don't see a lot, but I, I do like Allie. And then there's Catherine. I don't know if you remember who Catherine is. Oh, uh, yeah. Catherine. I know. I know, I know. Yeah. She's really pretty. And she was there on the group date. Trying, yep. She was really happy for charity when she got the rose. And like, um, she seems really sweet. But I don't know. The, the fact they haven't shown as much one-on-one conversation with her and Zach, that's not the best sign. But there's a lot of women I like, though. I really do think he has a great group. He does have a great group so far. I'm curious on who's going to be the next crazy one. Well, they're teasing um, Anastasia as a villain, or not there for the right reason, um, and somebody else. They tease somebody else. Yeah, I'm curious on who it's going to be. So, uh, once one villain goes, another one emerges, people. It doesn't yeah. <laughs> Somebody else emerges. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh that's Bachelor Nation talk. Um mm-hmm. we'll be back 
with further information uh before we get on to our main event is there anything from any of the podcasts or news clippings that you've been reading that are like insider information uh the only thing that they've teased is that this season was going to be electrically charged and not necessarily like so much drama however i do think there's been drama um i think the difference which has been nice is that they're focusing more on zach's love stories over the drama yeah i hope they keep up with that um i think that's a critique the show has gotten in the past is that we've stopped talking about like the we don't even know who he has the best connection we don't know the lead we don't know the contestants and so I like that. Give me a little drama, but give me like, I want to root for the women he's going to have at the end. Yeah, I hope so, too. I hope that's how it goes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. We'll be back with Bachelor Talk next episode. Um, and we'll keep you all updated on our thoughts. Who's gone? Who's crazy? Who's in love? <laughs> who's the best? I'm curious if our favorites will still be our favorites. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's move on to our main event, ladies and gentlemen. The main event. We're going to talk. We have a discussion. We have two main events tonight. Uh, First, our first topic to discuss. We are in an ocean of superhero movies. And coming out next week is Ant-Man 3. Quantumania. How did we get three Ant-Man movies? We don't know. And now I want to pose the question to the audience and to Susan herself. Are there too many superhero movies? Is Marvel and DC, is it, is it too much? Do we need to take a five-year break? Do we? Because on TV, on Disney+, Plus, on HBO, movies, it's nonstop superhero movies. And while I think we do enjoy these for the most part, It's just, it's the same formula almost. And while, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's eating chocolate cake, you know, (laughs) it's you're, you're eating chocolate cake and you like chocolate cake. So give me my chocolate cake and we know (laughs) what chocolate cake is. It's good, but it's not, you know, something deep and, you know, something that we want to see that's original really it's just a piece of chocolate cake we like it for its sugary coating (laughs) and that's what i feel like with a lot of marvel movies now i'm gonna say there are some exceptions like i do believe guardians of the galaxy 3 is going to knock our socks off and be very emotional different okay but with the sea of dc stuff coming out now that now james gunn is uh, in charge and what they've announced and then all the stuff that's coming out on TV through that and all the new Marvel stuff. Where do you stand on this, Susan? I think we've got too much. And I think it's because of the TV show content. Like Disney is just cranking them out. Um, we got whatever Peacemaker on HBO Max. I I feel like after Endgame, we needed a break. I don't think we needed like people that was incredible what uh, Marvel did. That was just beautiful. And I think though I get, however, Spider-Man No Way Home, that was after, right? Yeah, Spider-Man. So they did this, the second Spider-Man right after Endgame. Okay. And then they came out with the No Way Home, which was it was really good. And like like I said, that yes. was a little different. Had weight to it. It that was yeah yeah I agree. That was the one that I think was really good. Uh, somehow it felt. It also didn't feel. I I don't know. It just yeah. It was a de- it was its own. It felt like its own in game because of bringing back the original Spider Mans and everything. And I feel like we needed that chapter like closed and stuff. So that was really good. But other than that, it's been kind of like feeling unnecessary to me and just like a cash grab. They're still fun, but I I just feel like it would be so much better if we waited even like two years. Like, give us a break because they're really I'm worried they're going they're just trying so hard for the the content. They're going to give up quality. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I hope Ant-Man is really good. But. Well, I mean, with the first two Ant-Mans, yes, we love Paul Rudd. We love that character, but he's good. He's better as a side character, you know, that shows mm-hmm. up 
10 minutes in the, in a whole movie. Ant-Man one and two are fun enough, but they're like side notes. They're side quests. They're like the comic relief type of things. And then, then this third one just seems like way bigger and they're billing it as like the next thing in Marvel, big next phase. And it's like, Oh God, what are we doing? Please yeah. don't make this a serious thing. And mm-hmm. I just, I'm dreading going to it. And like, at, at least with the second Dr. Strange movie, you have Sam Raimi, you know, army of darkness, evil dead guy. And you're just like, okay, this is going to be ridiculous and dumb. And it's Sam Raimi. They brought horror into Marvel, which worked kind of, but not really. It's something like, I just don't go back and watch, but with this Ant-Man three, like, what are we doing here? What's, where is our next big 20 movie storyline? Like we're not there yet. The only thing I think of is is Ant-Man three, just trying to close its chapter two. Is that what they're trying to do? I don't know. Like, it's weird because, you know, you think about it, like we're getting another Thor movie, right? Or are we? We are. I, I don't know. I don't know. Are we do? Are we? I don't know. Because people tend to love these Thor movies. No, uh, the last one just was not very good. See, I disagree. I thought it was fun as shit. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, Ragnarok's great, and Ragnarok. But these movies yeah. make over eight hundred million dollars a piece, if not a billion. Like well, they yeah. make money, but when when is enough? How because they're making they're and then there's all the shows on Disney Plus with Marvel. There's like so many. And, you know, you like it that they kind of bring back the movie characters. It's all kind of intertwined in a way. But, I mean, it's a lot of content. And then you have DC on the other side with tons of DC content. Now, with DC, we're getting a reboot of Superman. We're getting, I mean, there's, like, going to be, like, three different Batman storylines. There's going to be cartoons now. There's going to be all in this universe. It's like, when is enough? How... How much can we get? Or are we starting over from scratch again? Um, And Mm -hmm. to be honest, after the Guardians 3, I don't know where I'm going to sit with Marvel. I mean, unless they bring back Nick Cage for Ghost Rider and put him into the MCU, I don't know. But I think Guardians 3 is going to be great. And then with DC... James Gunn being in charge, I have way more faith in it. But then again, it's like, oh my yeah. God, we're starting over from scratch with DC now. Yeah. What's going to be it when all I kind of want is another Peacemaker season because that was so good. Um, mm. I don't know. I I tend to think like, we're, can, can we get two years off? Like you said, like- just, I think we need some time off. I think we need to miss it. Like, let us crave it because right now, like, some of them are just being forgettable, like Black Adam. Like that just came out and I was like, oh, I forgot that existed. You know, it's just like you're just cranking them out. And it's like, although I am excited for Shazam too. I hope it's good. Like I think Shazam was their best DC film because it was the most fun. They had like the most it was fun. The most fun with it. It had a lot of really mm-hmm. slow parts to it, and hopefully part two is better. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm fully on board with a reboot of DC. I just wish, I mean, I guess we're getting like a couple years. Like, yes, thank you. We're getting to like 2025 is when we're probably going to get the first movie, which is fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that the, yeah, superheroes, I'm, I'm up for more Tom Cruise and less superheroes. <laughs> That's basically what uh, I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I agree with you, honestly, on everything. I just think that I, I, I will obviously still watch them as I've always been a fan. But I just remember there was a time where superhero films were so scarce that I like I would be so excited to see a superhero movie. Well, and because now, they were coming out like once just, a year. Right. And now there's just so many. And of course, the streaming services. It's just like. Y'all, yeah. let's uh let's space it out. Yeah, it's it crazy. Out. You get you get like four superhero movies a year in the theater, plus probably four or five TV series. And you're just like, oh my god, crazy. What what is happening? I don't. Yeah, yeah. and I but I get it, business. But come on, right. you you can't over flood your market. <laughs> yeah, just it makes money. That's the only thing. They're like, well, you can complain all you want, but we're still making the money, so we're gonna do it. <laughs> That's right. What it is. No, that's exactly what it is. So, uh, uh, 
So there that is. So in response to that, mm-hmm. let's talk about before summer comes out, before mid-May, when yeah. summer is let out and we get the summer blockbusters, what movies are you looking forward to uh, that we want to tell our listeners, like, these? this is a movie to look out for? Okay, well, believe it or not, I mean, I'm still intrigued by Ant-Man. I want to see. I'm you know, I like Paul Rudd a lot, the character. So um, I am interested in Ant-Man 3. I am really excited for Cocaine Bear. Okay, yes. Cocaine Bear. Cocaine Bear is a movie that's based on a true story about a bear that sniffed a lot of cocaine somehow. It just went... He ate it. And he, he ate, ate it went wild. <laughs> and well, no, movie- in real life, the bear... Well, this is funny. In real life, the bear... It was in 1985, and a drug runner's like plane crashed, and this bear ate cocaine or whatever, and he died right after. But in this movie, the bear goes on a murderous rampage. Yeah, and it, it looks um, it looks great. I hope yeah, it, that the trailer and what like the premise is. I hope it keeps that momentum up, like just mm-hmm. that shit crazy stuff. I love it. Um, I love that Elizabeth Banks directed it. So I'm just like really here for it. Uh, also, Creed three. Yeah, it's Michael B. Jordan's um, directorial debut, I believe, and I I'm really interested in that. I I love the first two Creeds. I like the first two Creeds, and I'm glad they're keeping up with like the momentum. Even though, you know, Creed two was supposed to be technically Creed four because Rocky four was with Dolph Lundgren, but Creed three mm-hmm. is Clubber Lang's son, Mr. T's son, allegedly, mm-hmm. and so that was Rocky three. And now Creed 3 is going to flight Clubber Lane. Some. So hopefully it's good. I'm curious to see if Michael B. Jordan can direct. Hopefully yeah. uh, without um, having a big presence of Sylvester Stallone might be a little weird, but maybe it'll carry its own. Let's hope. Right. Right. For sure. I'm actually kind of excited for the next for a Scream. I'm just a Scream fan. So why not? Scream Six and Manhattan, New York, like yeah. the city I'm in. This is like Jason takes Manhattan. Let's have Scream. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Shazam, like I mentioned, I am excited for Shazam. Um, I don't know. We'll see about John Wick Four. You're probably excited for that, but I think they they got it. There's got to be a point where they're going to end it, right? <laughs> there, there will be. I but hey, those movies are still so great. I'm in. We'll see. We'll see how it is. Um, and I'm trying to see what else is coming up before the summer that I'm really excited. Oh, Little Mermaid. I am excited for the. Oh, that's going to be so terrible. Well, the casting is a little bit. None of them are good. They're all going to be terrible. Prepare well, yourself. That's, <laughs> that's the last one before the summer. So what are your did I miss something? Yeah, so I mean, there's a couple of movies that are on my radar that, uh-huh. so there's a movie called The Weapon, where uh, there's like, it's like a killing, a guy that just like goes on a killing rampage, Vegas mob boss, and it's Cuba Gooding Jr., Bruce Dern, and Sean Patrick Flannery. I'm just, I just want to see Cuba Gooding Jr. in like a meaty vicious role um we definitely haven't seen him in a movie in a while i know <laughs> right uh yeah. this uh there's called a sound of silence and it looks like a horror movie about the radio like a darker de- a dark demon secret or an evil entity in the radio and i was like hey that's like podcast okay. and radio i'm in i'll see it uh sure. 65 i'm very curious to see adam driver in the future, in space, crash into a meteor that sends him back 65 million years to Earth with dinosaurs. <laughs> it just sounds dumb, and I'm in for it. It looks dumb. So. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, I want to see the movie Champions with Woody Harrelson, Ernie Hudson, yeah. and Chief Marin. Like, that cast yes. all in. <laughs> I agree. I agree about that one. That looks good. Yeah, uh, John Wick 4. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. I think it's going to be good. Finally, I play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm excited. You think for it's going to be movie. good? I think we'll so. Uh, we'll I'm a big Army of Darkness, Evil Dead fan, of course. So the new Evil Dead movie, the new Evil Dead Red Band trailer is crazy. 
Mm. Check that out. It looks gory as hell. And just like, um, just like we talked about earlier on, um, this like scream going to Manhattan, evil dead always takes place a cabin in the woods. Evil that this evil dead takes place in a high rise in the city. So I'm in, uh, okay. and then the two, that are early May guardians three, of course. And I'm of course looking forward to fast and furious 10 fast. Yeah. 10. Figured you are. <laughs> I mean, these movies are so stupid. I'm in. They're I'm... so stupid. I yes. mean, I cannot, I just can't with them. I mean, I still watch them because my husband loves them, but geez, they're dumb. They are dumb, but you have to embrace the absurd. You know, it's just like, yes, they built a Honda and went to the moon. You know, it's just they like, went, oh my that God. That was the dumbest thing. I, I was like, they it's, went to space. Really? Come on. That, but that's like what people like. That was the inside joke for like two years People have been joking. It's like next time they're going to be in space, and they did it, and they it was like it. not. It was so good. So I'm glad they have fun with it. At like Fast and Furious five or six, they finally got it where they had to be tongue in cheek and stupid. Because before then, it was like they took it way seriously, and now I'm very happy to. For the past like five movies, it's just how can we top this dumb thing after another where Vin Diesel mm -hmm. jumps out of a plane with no parachute rides a missile lands on the ground without a scratch on him. It's just so oh good. Oh, it's yeah. so great. Uh, I love it. So those are the movies to look out for. Um, oh, and of course, Ari Aster's new movie, Bo is afraid. Ari Aster, of course, yeah. doing Midsommar and Hereditary. This movie is with Joaquin Phoenix. The trailer looks crazy. And uh, that one I'm looking forward to as well. But I think there's some good movies before the summer and a lot of horror movies. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Yeah. I've been really digging the horror films lately. I feel like we had a great, a great batch of horror in 2022. I agree. I agree. All right. So now it is blind watch time. Uh, this movie is already out on Amazon Prime. Um, it is a movie that uh, Susan picked. So, Susan, what did you pick? I picked Shotgun Wedding, which is oh a <laughs> And Shotgun Wedding is a movie, again, that is on Amazon Prime. You can watch it now streaming exclusively there. Um, it is directed by a guy named Jason Moore, who worked on Pitch Perfect. He worked on Dawson's Creek and Everwood, One Tree Hill. Uh, They're all shows I love. No wonder why I like the movie. Right, right. There you go. And then it stars a crazy cast, including Jennifer Lopez, Josh Duhamel, Jennifer Coolidge, Cheech Marin, Lenny Kravitz, and a few other people. And so when Susan first picked this, um, I was like, okay, I will watch this. I don't particularly like Jennifer Lopez movies because they're all the very same. They're all very formulaic. They're all whatever. But then I saw this. I was like, Jennifer Coolidge right on. Josh Duhamel right on. And then I saw the trailer and I'm like, wait, this is rated R? Wait, there's like action? And then going into it, I was like, okay, this is kind of funny. And then all of a sudden, you're just like, wait, what? This movie... Is like action and violent. What's happening? I'm in. I love it. Susan, talk to me. <laughs> I mean, I agree. I didn't even know it was going to be that violent. I didn't know it was rated R. I thought I just figured Jennifer Lopez, PG-13, and it was going to be that uh, safe violence. This is actually pretty graphic, uh, hardcore, like bloody violence. And it was it definitely was unexpected, but it was fun. I love seeing Jennifer Lopez in this role. Be like a badass um jennifer coolidge i could have just i could literally rewatch just her parts yeah Every somebody youtube like the 10 minutes she's in so i can just watch her <laughs> yeah i really loved watching her she'd just be like be like i forgot the dad's name but be like hey he's talking to you he's talking to you watch you like it's just anyways i really robert really robert's his name robert 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 yeah robert. It's you. It's you. They want. I don't know something. She's on fire in general right now, but 
something about like the way she delivered lines in this movie was one of my like favorite performances of her ever. Like she it, was so funny. She is always so funny. So with shotgun yeah. wedding, it takes place in a tropical location and Josh Duhamel, Jennifer Lopez are about to get wedding abroad on this tropical Island. They invited their families. It's the night before and the night before the wedding, they kind of get into it. And actually, and then the morning after, right before the wedding, when they're getting dressed, they really get into it and they kind of break off their wedding. They hate each other. And then all of a sudden pirates, attack not like johnny depp pirates pirates of the caribbean but like you know like captain phillips pirates yeah and they start shooting people they take everybody hostage and somehow josh duhamel and jennifer lopez kind of escape and they try to save everybody and they kind of turn into like this terminator duo of like shotguns (laughs) and weapons and grenades and it's like and it works perfectly they try to save the day and while all this violence is going on, and like Susan said, it is gory. There's there's skin flaps, there's bone, Ugh. there's blood. Um, there they do it, and there's the perfect line of comedy with it as well, because mm-hmm. you're just like, wait, there's some suspenseful moments here, but then they let the comedy take over, and you're just like, okay, I feel a little bit better. And even though you can see like the twist turn coming. Mm-hmm. It's still great because of who it is. And that villain's death scene is just chef's kiss. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Like what you talked about Jennifer Coolidge. What do you think um, about Jennifer Lopez though? Like this is a kind of a different movie for her. It is. I don't think she's done a role like this where she's been, I mean, what? Anna, what was it? Uh, what was the movie she did where she was like, it was, it's not anaconda is it, is it anaconda she was an anaconda yeah yeah yeah. that's what it was it was anaconda so um this was just different though i think i i've never seen her do a rom-com but be so like action-packed like laura croft style like it was it, it was really good like i i really enjoyed um her portrayal of this character i think she was funny and i think that she nailed the character And I actually bought, like, unlike a certain movie on Netflix with Jonah Hill um, now, Mm. I completely bought the chemistry between Josh and Jennifer Lopez. Like, they actually seemed in love and to have a good time with each other in the movie, unlike the movie You People on Netflix, which is just cringe which uh, i have that on the not i have it on honorable mentions with a question mark because i wanted to talk about it with okay you. yeah no we'll, we'll talk about it but yeah uh yeah. with it yeah jennifer lopez is great in this and i know mm-hmm. we talked about this when we were watching it together but the lost city with sandra yeah. bullock and brad pitt and Channing Tatum, it kind of feels the same thing, even though Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock weren't in love. There's kind of like that chemistry and they're set out in the wilderness trying to like survive like vicious attacks from people. Um, and I thought that comedy and the romance and the action were really good. And I think this being rated R even upped it Um and with the wedding aspect of them, of them falling in love again and stuff like that, I was like, this is pretty fun. I think this was better than Lost City because I thought, even though they're both ridiculous, you know, plots or whatever, I thought this was somehow more realistic. But also, I thought the chemistry was way better with Josh Jamel and Jennifer Lopez versus Channing Tatum. And I, I just didn't believe Channing Tatum and um, Sandra Bullock together. It was hard. Well, I I get it. Like, I believe them together. I mean, I wouldn't believe them in person, but they sold it well enough for me. But like, I really felt Josh and Jennifer Lopez and damn JLo looks good. That scene, like in her contract. Yeah. In her contract, I was like, I wonder if she has to get pretty much naked in a movie, but like, damn, she showed it off and it was, it was good. She's got insurance on that thing. And there's for good reason. Uh, she <laughs> she looks incredible. I can't believe she's like what, like fifty four, fifty five. My God, she looks so good. Um, and she still just doesn't. And she didn't like mess up her face. You know, she didn't like do a bunch of plastic surgery or anything like that. I think she truly does a great workout. <laughs> um, but 
she, yeah, I just really, I think, you know, we, we talked about like marry me last year and it was so forgettable and it was so, um, I don't know, just mediocre. And I love that she upped the stakes with this romantic comedy and did something different. Like you said, a lot of, yeah, a lot of her romantic comedies can be very formulaic, but this one I found memorable and I would watch it again. I really would. Right. Oh yeah. I'd watch it again too. Like it's a fun movie. Uh, they did a yeah. good job. Uh, they, the, the characters are great. I would want a spinoff movie of Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> yes. It's basically, it's not quite meet the parents, but it's like, it, there, there's that little element to it uh, of even though they know each other, but there's just kind of like both sides are like not really keen on each other, but like it's, it's, it's a good one. Um, and there's really good twists, I think especially like there is a twist that I saw coming a mile away, but there's like a second twist and you're just like, wait, what? Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. it. So yeah, yeah, I think we both definitely recommend this on Amazon prime, right? Shotgun wedding. Absolutely. The fact that it's, I call it, this is my um, Valentine's day recommendation. If you want like a fun movie to watch with your significant other, here you go. It's on prime. You just cozy up on the couch and enjoy Enjoy it. Good pick, Susan. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Ah, good stuff. All right. Honorable mention time. You had one to talk about. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Well, here's I just some that I um that I did like. Just uh somebody I used to know. It comes out February 10th on Amazon Prime as well. I think that was a really great um that's another you would think that you might think that it's uh formulaic. You might think it's predictable, but it actually is a really great authentic script. It's co-written by uh, Dave Franco and Alison Brie. Um, and I just, I really enjoyed this movie and uh, you know, ultimately it's about re- rediscovering yourself and just uh, learning about what makes you happy. But uh, there's, there's a really great storyline in there too. So um recommend that. Also, Flashman uh, in Trouble on Hulu. Flashman. I'm in the middle. Yeah. I watched uh, all of you, it. Did you like it? It is so goddamn depressing. Oh, is it? I'm on like episode four right now. I'm oh, you're, yeah. It's too depressing, and I can't give it an honest watch because I don't think there's any really good character in the movie except for like two people. And well, you'll two get people there. people you think are good. The only I think two people is Lizzie Kaplan's husband and um, hmm. Fleischman himself. Uh, what's his name? Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. But where they go with it, it is just super depressing. And it's just like, oh, oh no. man. Yeah. So well, it's, it's a depressing movie or show. It is It is depressing to see how, um, how his marriage has fallen apart from where they were. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm at. I just watched like the way they were so in love and then how they, you know, got to their divorce. But I mean, I'm in, I'm very intrigued by the whole story. So I'm very curious what's going on. Um, and then welcome. See, I feel like welcome to Chippendales was so depressing. It's on Hulu as well, starring Kumail Nanjani. And that is a depressing story because if anything, the character he plays, the guy who invented Chippendales this guy was his own worst enemy. He had everything. And then he just wanted more and he was jealous. And it was like, dude, you were so successful. You had everything you could have possibly wanted. And oh, it is a heartbreaking story, honestly, but it is so well acted. Everybody in that show is, is fantastic, including Kumail, who I think got, I think it was just a really competitive season, but I think he deserved, I wish he got more nominations. Um, But it was, it's I I do recommend that, but um, uh, the other two that I have on here are more question marks because did you watch your place or mine yet? No, I have not watched it yet. I was really excited for this because I couldn't wait to see Ashton Kutcher in another romantic comedy, and I love Reese Witherspoon. It was just okay. Um, I don't know. I was kind of there's a lot of things that just I'm not saying don't watch it by any means. Like it's still decent. Um, but I think they 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 could have done a lot more with it, and uh, the subplots are very weak. Uh, but 
if you are a fan, I mean, I'm just a fan of both of them. So I still watched it, but I don't know. It's it got, I had my hopes up with it. I think somebody I used to know is way better and shotgun wedding. If you're going for like a rom-com this weekend. Uh, and then the other one I have is you people I have a question mark because it was so bad. And I wanted to see what Brian thought of it since now I know he watched it. I did watch it. It is uh, a dream cast of oh, basically yes. only two people, but Eddie, Eddie Murphy and I mean, oh, let me let me take that back. Five people. <laughs> it is Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy. It is uh, Julie Louise Dreyfus, David Duchovny. And, oh, Eddie Murphy's wife. What's his name in the movie? Uh, what's her name? Oh my God, Nia Long. Nia Long, like her. Long. Yeah. So yeah. this is this is definitely a meet the parents situation, but it is oh, yeah. done. Well, it's it's guess who? It's guess who? Right, her. right. Um, and I'm not a fan of Kenya Barris whatsoever. So that, That's the creator, that the director. The he created, oh. I think, um, was it Blackish? Um, the show. Yeah. Kenya Barris. Yeah. yeah, Kenya Barris. He yeah, he d- developed Blackish. Um he wrote one of the barbershop movies, he wrote The Girls Trip. Um he uh yeah, he he wrote Coming to America sequel. It just Ooh, yeah, that it was terrible. You no, know, yeah, it's all it's all not good. So, he did this movie called You People and it's, you know, it's almost like yeah, guess who or meet the parents where Jonah Hill, a white guy falls in love with uh, a girl who's black and he comes from a Jewish family. She comes from a Muslim family and, you know, worlds collide. Uh, It's not good. Like, and the chemistry between the two, Laura London and Jonah Hill is so Mm -hmm. terrible. Like you actually looks like they hate each other through the whole movie. And now There's it's coming no- out that stories that their kiss at the wedding at the end of the movie was a CGI kiss. Like they CGI'd what? it. Yeah, it's on Hollywood Reporter. It's on Deadline. Like somebody from the movie said that, like that was part well, of the movie. I did notice there was a major lack of kissing with them. Like if you like when they would do scenes where they were going to have sex and stuff, a lot of the time it would just be like under a blanket or something like that. Their chemistry was so, so there was like one scene I thought was cute whenever she was like, well, you know, we're like exclusive now or something like that. Um, but oh, no. I didn't they, buy it at all. It was, uh, it was a little cute, but I mean, it, it all washed away because you're right. It was like, I, and I say this because I am a huge fan of the movie Guess Who with Zoe Saldana and Ashton Kutcher and Bernie Mac. I think that movie is great. I have so much fun with it. And I kept, Trevor hasn't seen it, but I kept telling him, I was like, oh man, I wish we watched that first. Like, cause I can't show him that movie now until later. Oh, he's like, he needs a break after you people. Um, I think the problem with you people is that it's not funny. It's not funny at all. Like yeah. how do you have this cast? And I think I might've chuckled a little and it might've been because I was trying to force it. They are trying so hard to teach a lesson or something. I don't know what you would call that, but it's like, it's cringy. It's so cringy. It's bad writing. And also like the way they speak, I feel like was over the top. Like, like Trevor and I'd be like, people don't just do this. Like, you know, give them a little bit more credit. It's not like a group of black women, a white woman would come up and they'd be like, who is this white woman? Yeah. Like, come on. That, that, would it really happen? I would, I would think like, I don't know. It was just over the top with that. I think they went too much. And I think because of that, they lost their, the humor and they you lost know, the love. They lost the love of the humor. And the ending is so terrible. So how these, this couple break up and they break up for three months. And then they finally run into each other after three months and immediately get a surprise wedding and married. And it's just like, this is so stupid. It was so dumb. We're just, was it even, I thought it was longer than three months. Maybe you're right. But I was like, okay, so uh, the mom and the dad, they just talked and then they worked things out, like just like that. And they just planned a surprise wedding. Like, oh man, it was, it was really 
it was just so bad. Like, I just can't, like, and it was long. I felt like it was lasting forever. Yeah, it's, it's awful. And like, it's weird to see like somebody like Pete Hammond, like a, a big critic for Deadline that called it brilliantly hilarious, pertinent, and wickedly smart. And I was like, no, clearly that you're, you've fallen into just trying to get a pull quote. Like that's, it's not good. It's none of that. Um, mm-hmm. it's currently a 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's definitely rotten. Um, and it sucks because I think that like the talent behind this movie is so great. And it's just, man, it Ken- Kenya Barris and then Kenya and Jonah Hill writing it, it, it. It's not good. I think it really falls under. They're trying to do that social commentary and be woke. Yeah too much and like you said susan teach a lesson that it forgot what it was there for is to entertain be loving and funny yeah you you put that in there but not so heavy-handedly i mean you already have his character have a podcast that's essentially that's what they talk about and then to have these parents both sets of parents just be so clueless i mean i I mean even david duchovny's character i was just like really really i i like and, and right you could you could I did, oh i was um i did like um or i didn't i i i actually found the most believable parent to be um god why am i blanking on her name naya neilong no the julie other louise, one she was probably julie louise dreyfus julie, julie louise dreyfus only because i do feel like a lot of the things she was doing, that was my favorite part of the film, just because I, I was like, I do feel like there are women there. Because she was she did love the fact, like she liked the daughter-in-law, like the future daughter-in-law, and she liked that she was black, but I think she just she kept treating her like a black girl, black woman, instead of just being a his woman. her son's yeah. yeah, a woman, a person, her son's fiance. And I thought I think that is something that 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 portrayal, although it was over a little too much with some things that was probably the most realistic thing to me that I think should be mentioned because yeah, I think that I could see that happening. I could yeah. And I think she got it. That character got excited about it all. And, mm-hmm. you know, with the last few years is like, what's wrong, what's right. Let me just be over the top right. and like talk about it all without realizing it. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like that movie could be true up until like the first week or two weeks that you get to know somebody like it it will be awkward. You don't like Mm -hmm. the other person you act like that. But then after the first week or two, it's like, Oh, they're family. Now they're really in love. We love them. It's not going to last like it did in the movie. Right. So yeah, that was with you people didn't like it. Kenya Barris, please don't make anything else. It was, it was really bad. (laughs) So yeah. Really bad, really bad. Um, you want to hear a couple of mine? Yeah, I was going to ask, do you have anything you recommend people actually watch? Uh, the Last of Us on HBO, the new zombie show oh. on HBO. It's okay. wonderful. It's excellent. It's great. It's fantastic. Uh, the third episode is going to make you cry. Like it's, it's unbelievable. The most fun and possibly the best show on TV is called Poker Face on Peacock. Wow, so okay. Um, 30 minute episodes created, directed, written by Ryan Johnson himself, the guy who did Knives Out and Glass Onion. This show is an anthology with an overarching character that combines all the stories together in each episode that is led by Natasha Leone. Uh, she plays a person who has a gift that she can tell if anybody's lying. And then she travels across the country solving murders. And with each uh, story different, a different cast in each story minus her, every episode has big name stars. It is so goddamn good. It's almost like you have like a mini 30, 45 minute um, Knives Out movie. And it's amazing. It's so good. Okay. All right. I've been hearing really great things. It's just, it's a TV series, right? It's not a mini series. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. And I suggest you 
do that, Susan, because I mean, it is super fun and it, it is the most fun on TV right now. Like it, it, the level that they're doing this at, I'm just like, Oh my God. And Natasha Leon just owns it. And like, you just want every episode to come out immediately. And there's like, I think there's five episodes right now and it's, unreal it's unreal uh, please do it and i think it's one of the best pilot episodes like in years wow do it okay. I'm, I'm telling you just watch that first episode susan it's 45 minutes we'll and see then, i've got other stuff i gotta watch <laughs> you're, you're you're watching the wrong stuff then no i'm not <laughs> i need to finish flashman i'm into it fleischman 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 you're saying flashman how do you say it? Fleisch, Fleisch, like Fleischwater, Fleischman. Well, when Claire Dane says it in the show, she sounds like she's saying Flashman. Yes, Fleischman. The Fleischman. Fleischman. <laughs> I can't say it. I, I can't. That is no BS with Brian and Susan. We are so happy that you're with us. We're so happy you're here to listen to us. My final recommendation is going to be our next episode of my bloody podcast coming out this weekend. Uh, if you haven't seen a movie called speak, no evil. Oh my God. Search out, speak, no evil. It's unbelievably good. Um, it's insane, but we are no BS with Brian Susan. You can find Susan at Irving community television. You can find her at this Chicks Flicks, and you might be able to find her on WFAA Channel 8 doing them movie reviews, right? Well, I mean, I did it once. We'll see. We'll see. But yes, I did. I got to be a contributor to uh, to Good Morning Texas. Which is awesome. about some movies. Yes. Yes, you did. And then you're on Instagram. You're on Twitter. You're on YouTube. On YouTube. Mm -hmm. Susan Kamyom Stevens, this Chicks Flicks. This Check her out. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. We'll be back. I'm Brian Kluger, as always. Find me at Electromagnetic Radio on Wednesdays from noon till 2 p.m. Central Time, Wednesdays. I'm at HighDefDigest.com. Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, Brian Kluger. Check it out.